0: Welcome to Arrest All the Mix. My name is Ben Tal and this is the Creative Innovation Podcast. The weather this week is confidence in identity. Yep, I think it's something we all wrestle with over time and there's a strong theme of that on today's episode with Gary Mansfield who we're going to get into talking about very, very soon. Uh, Gary is an awesome artist, curator, uh, a number of things. Uh, He loves everything about the art world but there's a hell of a backstory to that which we'll get into shortly. Uh, But first, a quick thank you for my sponsors IllustrationWeb.com, my agency. Fantastic representatives of artists. They do great work in the industry. You can check them out at IllustrationWeb.com. They represent a lot of people working across all different sectors worldwide, different disciplines, different. uh, They work in publishing, in editorial, in fashion, uh, live art. Mural Art, it goes on and on. They're a fantastic agency. Great news section on the website that you really should check out. Lots of stories behind the projects that can help you get a sense of what's going on in the business. They're great guys and they've supported this show since day one. So go and check them out. Illustrationweb.com. At internet.co.uk. uh Tech sponsor. They checked me out a little while back uh, when we met over at the Dot London Awards. Um, That's going back a few years now, but I got talking to Nick Leach, who's since been on the show. He's the marketing director. And they're a great little company supporting a lot of creative things, and they liked what I was doing when they had a look. So I invited them over, we had a conversation, and they started supporting the show, and they've done a great job since, and they provide a little digital tip for every episode. So, this episode. Um, Just whispers... I think whispers online are good. Um, Gary talked to me about a couple of negative things that go on online, things that people say, snide attitudes that people have when they don't like what they see. It goes on a lot, as we all know, keyboard warriors. Um, but the upside of it, people hear about things. So I had Ray Richardson on the show uh, Ray Richardson is a fantastic painter, if you don't know his work then you should and go and have a look, go listen to his episode, uh, born and raised in Woolwich, London artist, he's absolutely wonderful, he's got a great attitude, real filmic style of painting, so I wanted him on the show, little did I know that uh, Ray, sort of doing the rounds and sharing the show and getting behind it, got to Gary, Gary Mansfield is a friend of Ray and they worked together going back a few years, um, And Gary got in touch and he said, hey, how's it going? Look, I've heard about the show. I listened to the episode with Ray. I've been listening since. He's been a keen supporter of the show as well. And uh, Gary basically said, "Uh, look, I've got a bit of a story to tell. Here's the deal. And he explained his story, which we'll get into a little later. And he said, I don't know if that's something of interest, but there you have it. Here's who I am. Here's what I do. So I guess the tip off the back of that is that can lead places. So not only has Gary been on the show, but I hope that people will hear this like what he does. And who knows, you know, doors may open for new connections, new networks sort of flowering, and surely that's what social media was meant to be all about in a professional capacity. So I just think sometimes it's important not to forget the basics. Uh, Don't be afraid to just drop someone a little private message if you may be quiet. Do it publicly if if that works, if that's uh, the way you like doing your thing. But I think it's good just to reach out to people, let them know you exist, and also listen to others who are doing the same because you really don't know what kind of network somebody comes with. I certainly didn't expect that for the back of Ray Richardson's interview. But there we have it. And here we are today with Gary. So that is courtesy of Hats, Go and take a look. Search engine optimization tips, social media advice, uh, domain names, hosting, all the good stuff that you need online to be representing your business effectively and in the best way possible for you. So cheers to those guys. So Gary Mansfield. Uh, Gary went to prison a number of years ago, and he's, the story goes, well, he'll tell you the story. There's no point me badly paraphrasing it. So basically, Gary got sent down, right, and during his time in prison, in a roundabout way, he, came, he fell in love with art. He discovered art. It gave him a whole new sense of identity. It helped him to confront the lack of identity that maybe he felt uh, by spending time in prison and maybe around the people he's spending time with. I don't know. He's going to tell that story today. But one thing that I do know for sure is there's a great link between uh, creative expression, artistic expression, and emotional well-being. I've done a lot of work with it with Calm. Uh, I did a mental health episode on the show, two-part one a little while back, which you can go back and listen to now. Um, So I'm a big believer in this stuff. So I invited Gary in because I wanted to hear a little more. As somebody who grew up in a working-class town, I saw many examples of kids who flourished when they were given the right... um, Activation points, the right space to to explore, whether it was creatively, athletically, just ways of finding their own identity and voicing them you know, finding a voice essentially, expressing who they were and what they believed in and if and what they felt about certain things. Just that lack of identity and the lack of belonging leads to a lot of negative emotions and a lot of bad behaviour patterns emerge from that. Um, And I constantly scratch my head at the government's um, distinct lack of ability to see that uh, closing down youth centres, cutting budgets for social causes, uh, and all that kind of stuff. And and then saying they're going to crack down on gang culture. It's like you you either you don't address you know you've got to address the root of these things. So not to go on too much of a tangent, but I believe in working and activating people's personalities and characters. And there's a lot of stuff going on in Gary's story about that today. So he's going to tell it way better than I ever could. But I wanted to find out a little more. And it just opens up a lot of ideas for crime and prevention and rehabilitation and all these things prevalent in our society that, if we're not careful, are going to get worse as people become more and more desperate to to balance the economy. And um, when that comes at the cost of community and... Uh, Society and investment in people's happiness and people's well-being and good living circumstances, then I think we're on a slippery slope into dodgy times. Um, You might disagree. That's fine. This is all about opinion. Uh, But that's the way I see things, and that's the experiences I've had. And Gary's going to give us a fantastic story today. So please do let me know what you think on the Twitter at Arrest All Um, Hit us up on Instagram, same handle, or drop us an email, hello at com. But I hope you'll agree it's a really interesting tale that gary's got to tell um he's now curating a lot of very cool shows with artists who are in the yba a lot of prominent people getting involved all the time in london and it's absolutely wonderful to see so quickly again a little thanks to the sponsors illustrationweb.com, heartsinternet.co.uk. And a big thank you to the ongoing support from the Association of Illustrators. Uh, Go and check them out. Let us know what you've been up to. Hit us up on the social. Do leave us a little review on the iTunes, please. If you get a moment, um, you can now listen on Stitcher offline. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. Uh, So cheers. I'm not going to keep banging on any longer. I hope you enjoy this story from Gary Mansfield. So what, what is your background, with Gary? Where? Where? Where are you, where are you, are
1: you from? Romford, where originally? Yeah, I come come from Dagenham. Yeah. Um, working class, you know, family, um, just you know, single parent. Um, wasn't into art at all. No. Um, I was always sort of a bit of duck and diver at school, selling fake clothing at school. Then I got into um, sort of, I was just a, sort of like a duck and diver, really, like small yeah. petty crime. Um, When I left school working in pubs, um, then I started selling the fake clothing um, to people who were selling the clothing, so I'd sort of gone up a sort of little level, you know. Um, Then I ended up, well, I ended up in prison, Um, but what what had happened was... um, I was going up to Liverpool to visit some friends because I, w- I was still working in the clubs, doing a bit of bodyguarding, debt collecting, you know, that sort of, you know, things that big blokes from Dagenham might do, you know, who are on the straight and narrow. Um, I was going up to Liverpool to visit some friends and the guy that I was getting the, the clothing off, he asked if I'd drop some of the labels up, to, like the clothing labels, you know, like they're mm. on big rooms. and asked if I'd drop these up to his guys in Birmingham. So I was on my way anyway, he's given me a few quid to drop him off. So I said, yeah, so I met him in this calf. Now anyway, it all sounds very dodgy, but that's the life I was living, you know. Met him in a calf in, uh, in Essex. Got these two big holdalls, put them in the boot of my car. And then as I'm reversing out, like he's give me the address to where to take them. As I'm reversing out, in my rear, rear view mirror, I could see this car and a van. It looked like the, the police van was chasing this car. And then all of a sudden, because it, was it wasn't a, like a high street cafe, it was a lorry park with a, like, a trucker's cafe in the middle. Then they've come into the car park, just so I'm reversing out the parking space. So uh, I thought there's a bit of action here on a Saturday afternoon, you know. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I sort of watched what happened, and it, it pulled up just in front of me. And this blonde woman got out of the car, out of this Vauxhall, and come running towards me. And, uh, yeah, so I thought she was like going to try and jump in my car or something. And uh, just as she got to my car, she's shown a warrant card. The back of my window went, like, got smashed in. And it was armed police getting out the van. They've come over, dragged me out the car, and, yeah, I had two bag loads of drugs in the, in the back of my car. Shit. Um, yeah, it was £4.2 million pounds worth of drugs. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, and, uh, uh, funny enough, the bloke I well, got him off, he weren't about. But, yeah, when I got down to the police station... Um, Found out what it was, I found the nut in the police station. Um, tried phoning him. Nothing you know, this was 1994. Mm. The phones weren't registered to anyone, you know. Um, went in court, told, told the complete truth, you know, put me faith in the system and yeah, sort of come back and bite me and I ended up with 14 years in prison. Mm. And that's where I got into art. There was a, a guy in the cell with me. He was doing his little watercolor paintings, and he, he was only taking sort of like I don't know, a couple of three minutes. I was amazed at the detail we got. You know, I'd never done anything like that. Anything in the family in terms of creativity? Nothing, nothing yeah. at all. My mum's always been sort of. My mum had she, she would always be like making own Christmas cards, for instance. Or yeah, you know, she, my mum was quite crafty. Like I don't mean crafty. I mean, she, was, you know, <laughs> 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 she was she was she you was know, doing. She was always making stuff. That, This was the time when you'd make your own Christmas decorations, you know. She'd be, you know, getting the crepe paper and doing all this and, yeah, yeah, it was just always making stuff. So I was always sort of, as as I've said to other people, I've always been a little bit creative, but I've never really created Mm -hmm. anything, you know. Yeah. Um, You know, this guy showed me how to do these little, um, uh, these little watercolours and then I had a little pack of watercolours sent in. Then I just tried to draw in, cartoon characters, done a few on cards to like envelopes to friends. Yeah. Then uh someone else would say, like, I'll give you a bit of tobacco or, you know, a bit of back or a phone card and I'd do one to their kids, you know, like do the envelope and then a little something on the, okay. on the paper. Yeah, it there's sort of this like commission thing going on. Yeah. And then um then I sort of not got into art but I got into the drawing and painting of just cartoon characters. Then it went on to but like, I was I was around a lot of boxers at the, just before I went away. I knew a lot of pro boxers. I started like drawing um, pictures out the back of the, you know, the paper of, of boxes, and I sort of trying. So I was sort of like trying to teach myself how to paint. Then when I got into a, um, once I'd been sentenced, got given my uh, fourteen years, I went to Swellside uh, Prison on the Isle of Sheppey, and they had an art class there. And I went in there by accident. I wanted to get into the computer class. But that was full. The art class always had vacancies. Mm. Um, So I went in there just to get into the computers. And the tutor in there, a fella called um, Douglas Spooner, he was just brilliant. He was just a really passionate... He was was passionate about the, the guys in there. He really wanted a... Give him a little something, you know. And he mm. he was telling us our art can it can change your life if if you sort of let it in, you know. Um, and he was he was like a little Basil Forty character, like he was <laughs> he was really sarcastic, but not to us. And like if the screws come in, he'd compliment the screws, but we knew that he was underlying it. You know, he was sort of he hated authority, and and it's you know he was just he was just brilliant. And then it it. Start me off drawing. Tell me where I'm going wrong. Give me these exercises, um, and then it just sort of clicked, you know. Then before I know it, I sort of fell in love with it. What was the, what was the overall perception of it in terms of the other inmates,
0: the, the people running the show in there? Was it was it something that was common, or was this a bit of an anomaly
1: regarding the, the watercolors? Um, there was a, it, it just happens. This guy could paint. Mm. This was in this was in the, in a Chelmsford prison. Just so happens he could do these little... um, It was like a lake view. They were very simple, but for someone who knew absolutely nothing about painting... You know, I was sitting in there with mono, you know. Yeah. Um, But they were just these simple little um, paintings. But you you had people in there drawing, matchstick models, anything to keep their mind occupied. Mm. Or you had the people who would just lay on their bunks, staring at the ceiling for the entirety of their Mm. sentence. And... While I was on remand, where I hadn't been found guilty as yet, I was a sort of mixture of both. Um, When I got my sentence, and I knew I'd been given 14 years, and I had to do at least seven, although I'd done a year by that time, I just thought to myself, well, and I was an arsehole at the time, you know, I was one of these sort of going in the jail, I was having getting into fights, you know, people were trying to as much as what people say about prison with the pool tables and televisions and that, it's a, it's a bloody awful place to be, you know. Um, and if you're not one of the dog-eat-dog type of guys, which I was at the time, you're all right, you know, because you're not involved in that bit. But if, you, if, you, if you're part of that, then it's really not a good place to be. Mm. Um, and I, that's how I was for a few months. And then at one point I just thought, I'm not going to have another five and a half years of this. I don't want to come out the same person as I went in, you know. Mm. Um, and that's when I thought I'd get into computers. And then went into the art thing. Um, it was, I just thought, that's a bit easy in here, you know. The, the bloke, the tutor's was pretty funny. That Some of the guys were all right. And then when it just clicked for me, I just, it was like I was, I, I referred to myself as a born-again artist. <laughs> yeah. it, it was just, all of a sudden, when it just clicked for me, and I, I fell for it. I was reading art books. Um, and there weren't much in the library. And then, but the turning point, the absolute turning point, was, um, was when Sensations was on. And one of the tutors came in and they had a, um, a catalogue from the Sensations. Now I just wanted to do traditional, I wanted to learn to paint, draw and sculpt. Mm. Um, and I knew I'd have quite a few years to be able to do it. It's brought in the Sensations catalogue and I was like, oh you are taking the piss. Every part, you know, I didn't know about the art world or, I just knew about what I liked, you know, I was one of those. I've opened it up and there was, you know, the cow cutting off. And that's all I was saying, like, you know, there's a bloke on D-wing for similar to that, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> there was there was, you know, Marcus Harvey's Myra Hindley, which everyone hated because it was Myra Hindley, you know, yeah. no one could see him further than that. And then there was like a little bookmark in there. And it was um, Moan Her tombs, No Way, or No Way To. It's just a colander with nuts and bolts through all the eyes. And uh, I said, oh, that's taking the piss. It's, you know what I'm saying? that's a free, quick colander and, you know, a bag of nuts and bolts out of B&Q. <laughs> and the tutor said, well, take the catalogue with you tonight. Bring it back tomorrow. Mm. So I did. And I, I thought, well, I'll start off reading. Oh, she, she said, just read it, read it properly. Then you can say it's shit, or it's okay. you, you, you yeah, know, yeah. You can you have a chance. Yeah. yeah. So I went back, and I've got this, this one of, of Mona tomb, and it just had a little, um, a little, a little bit about the the artwork, and it said about our. You know, it was where, she, where she'd come away from her homeland to, to study. She couldn't go back because there was a, a change of regime and, mm-hmm. you know, educated woman couldn't go back. and This was a sort of barrier over the country and each hole in the colander represented a, an entrance or an exit in and out of the country. And these nuts and bolts were blocking them. And I don't know if it was just my situation, but it just all clicked. And I went, fucking hell, she just said all of that. She's explained all of her life, or, or that part of her life, and her family and separation, just with a colander and a bag of nuts and bolts. And I think it was sort of, it sort of unlocked, or it made me look at this book of easy art in a whole different way. And then I started reading about each piece of work in there, or each artist. And then I'm going, "Oh, that Myra Hindley's pretty good. Yeah. Like, oh, that is really good." And then you know, Tracy Emin's tent and you going, you know, where before I'm saying, all right. And I'm going, oh, that's good. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, because I just had a different perspective on this oh, art. Yeah. And then I've gone back and I said to her, like, that's it. This is the stuff I want to do. And she's saying, it's not easy. It, you know, you think it's easy because it's visually easy, but yeah. to try and, you know, get it to work so I said, right, well, I'm going up the library, see what else is in there. And there's nothing in the library. You know, it was Rolf, Ar- you know, when books in there were Rolf Harris now, it's Rolf Harris himself. <laughs> 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 this is... <there> was, <laughs> 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 it was... It was... There was a few art <laughs> books in there. And Rolf Harris' Cartoon Time. Which uh, no one had touch with a barge pole now. But, um... So in the, in the back of this catalogue, it had all the, um... All the artists... And who represented them, the galleries. So I've just written them all down. I think I might have even photocopied them that day. Mm. Gone back. All the ones that I liked, which was pretty much all of them, I've just written to their galleries. And I know that a stranger, you know, if you've got a letter from someone from prison saying, I like your work, mm. could you send me some information? Yeah. You're going to go, oh, hold on a minute. <laughs> <laughs> and I was well aware of that. And I just... All the letters were exactly the same, all handwritten, with a prison stamp, and it just said like, you know, I've I've just discovered conceptual art. There's nothing in the in the library other than Ralph Harris, and I pretty much said at Ralph Harris's Cartoon Time and a couple of other little little books, can you send me some information on your life and career? Mm. And I'll put it at the bottom of every one, bearing in mind that you know some of them were women might think there's a bit of something, you know, underlying going there. I put, um, if it's any consolation, my offence was neither um, violence or sexual. You know, not that they'd know any difference, but... And I sent all these letters off, and I thought, well, I'm fishing with a net. I'm gonna get at least one back, you know, a Mm -hmm. little something. And, well, before that, I'd already written to a couple of other artists. So I knew it worked. Ray Richardson was one. Patrick Hughes was another. Did wrote back to you and I only saw them on telly, you know, and, mm. and I've, I think I just wrote to Channel 4 because I sort of fell, fell in love with their, their artwork and, and still do it to this day. But, yeah, this time i just wrote to all these people in the back of a book. Um, and then the first one was from Sarah Lucas um, and Angus Ferris, because they were together at the time. Uh, and it said... Um, you know, thanks for your letter. Here's some information on us. I sent back a letter saying, thank you very much. Then some more come from them, you know, a, little, like, a few weeks later. But yeah, were, theirs was the first. Then there was one from, I, I can't remember in which order they come, but in the end it was like Marcus Harvey, Gavin Turk, um, you know, all the, all the, mm. the big names were sort of replying back to me, Mark Wallinger. And then, you know, they'd say, well, try this artist because I'd reply back to them and every book they sent, I would read it just, even if I didn't understand, a lot of the time I didn't understand what, what the, you know, it was too much for my, mm. for my fresh mind, you know, in, into the art world. But I'd sit and read every book they sent just because they sent it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then they'd say like, you know, try this artist. So they'd give me leads to new artists or if there's a, an artist in the book, uh, in the catalog that I'm looking at, I'd send one to those. And then I'd get letters from artists who I hadn't even written to, mm. saying like, you know, I was talking to so-and-so, yeah. how would you like this? And then it, sort of, it was because I was in amongst it all, it was sort of all going over my head a little bit, because there was no one else in there who was into art. Yeah. And then at one point, like my, my tutor had gone away for a few weeks, he's come back, and at this point, and uh, he went, oh, how, did, how did you get on? I went, how did I get on? And I had all the, all the letters in like this binder, and I went, look at all of these. And he's looking at them, and he's going... And and this Douglas, you know, he rarely swore. He went, fucking hell, Gavin Turk. <laughs> fucking hell, Marcus Harvey. And he's going, oh my God, Sarah Lucas. And he's going, they're all writing back. And I went, I know, it's fucking amazing, isn't it? Like, they don't yeah. know you from... And then I just thought, like, if this is what the art world is, mm. that is a beautiful place to be, you know? Yeah. Well,
0: but, I think it says a lot about the... You know, we're, we're all we're all very passionate about what we do, and it does something for us all as humans. And I think that probably weighs up somewhere with the where we see the
1: world, which yeah. is
0: not it doesn't tend to be as judgmental as some corners of the earth. Yeah. But you
1: know, but, uh, you know I'm, I wasn't a part of it, and I'm thinking that all artists—I don't know artists—I found it while I was in prison. Mm. I'm thinking all artists are well-to-do, middle-class, high-faluted... <laughs> <laughs> Didn't I thought you know the ones that were working class had mm. just winged it because you know they they've gone into a world that isn't theirs you know and how wrong I was mm. you know and and that that gave me a boost in prison from these artists I was floating on a cloud for the rest of my sentence. Well, you had a purpose, I guess. Yeah, and it changed, and if and that's why I go into prisons now, um, not often, but I go into prisons now, and. I know it's like an old cliche, but if just one of them, if it just you know uh, helps one of them, or if, if one of them just sort of gets connected like I did, it will change their life. Mm. You know, it, it changed mine. I'm, you know, I'm, 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 you know, I've got a, a job of a daytime. I make a little piece of art, like I was saying. You know, I've not got the time, money, or space to make as much as I'd like. So I went down there, sort of curating, curating side to try and make up for that, but if I can just get one of these guys in the jail just down the road here to... Well, and a lunch work, because they've contacted me since, and say, like, you know, I don't know if you remember I me, mean, my name's so-and-so, you come down to do a, a workshop with us, and since I've got out, I'm, I'm now going to college, you know. oh, right, it's not to do with art, mm. but it was the inspiration that he found within me, saying that I'd done this in prison, yeah. and you're not... As much as, as you know, you, people in the, in jail may have a, an ego. That's only within their own. Stepping out into a different world, you do feel like people are looking down on you. Mm. Um, so going into another world is hard. Um, and, you know, I, I found it difficult. But these guys are doing, or, or this guy has done similar. You know, and it's, yeah, the pride is, is immense to, to think that it's helped change, you know? Well, it's imp- I, I just wish there was
0: more of it at an earlier stage. I mean, I, I think it's... What, what is the deal in terms of how much of this is happening in prisons? Is, it, is this quite a common thing? Is, it, is, there a, is there a lot of opportunity for workshops and things going on? Not now.
1: They're, they're, when I, I've only been doing it for... Well, I started doing it about six years ago. Because um, I've come out, got my degree... Um, like I, I got out on a on a Wednesday at, at quarter to nine and at like half eleven I'm having my, my first lecture you know in, in the University oh, of East wow, London okay, across yeah. the radio I'd done that for a while started a masters then like my partner fell pregnant and you know couldn't afford um, couldn't afford to go and do the masters um, so I, I left out for a while I didn't even look at it you know it's as if I sort of broke up with it you know it was a sort of bad ending to a relationship but with that same analogy I, I'd be you get that knotting in feeling you know like when you're sort of broken up with with a girl or a guy and, yeah. you know, and, and you're missing and that's what I, I was with art for a good few years and then a way I thought of trying to get back into it was possibly doing stuff in in schools or youth groups or, or in prisons and I, I thought I'd go for the prison bit mm. um, and it, it fucked me up a bit or each time I go in really um, it sort of affects me for a little while, like only for a, a sort of day or a couple of days, and just sort of brings back old, you know, memories, mm, you know. Yeah. But, yeah, just doing it with the guys in there, most of them appreciate it. First of all, they think I'm a do-gooder, because you, you do get a lot of people coming in, and it feels like, they, they're probably not, but when you're in there, it feels like they're coming in for them rather than for you. Okay, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's how you feel in there. Yeah. Um, and you know, nearly every time I go in there, they say that, and then I sort of more or less come down on them and say, look, I'm coming here, it's costing me money to come here. As soon as they hear me talking, and I don't talk like, well, I talk like them, you know, yeah. I sort of do core blind me up a little bit when I go in there as well, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I sort of and blind a little bit, and say, like, look, I'm coming here with you, it's out of my pocket, I'm coming here to do portraits with you if you can't do it then fuck off out yeah and like the the sort of screws might come forward or the cheaters might go oh hold well on and then the, every time the boat has gone oh sorry mate Come <laughs> yeah, on what are you doing and then go down that road so yeah yeah do find a, a sort of common yeah, ground absolutely you know i won't yeah. put them down but i'll just make them yeah. aware that i won't so let them leave. know that you're not yeah the preconceived yeah. version or i'll do it wrong to someone one time and they're sort of yeah. a life out <laughs> Yeah. Until now, that hasn't happened.
0: Yeah, but I just wish that this people's place is kind of value in it from a, a, a young age. I despair when you know when you see governments cutting it from education or putting it out of the back and that kind of yeah. stuff. And as someone, I mean, did did you feel that you had a sort of sense of identity in young years as a young lad? I mean, what well, when what, what are we talking
1: decade wise? Well, I don't know how old you are. So when? when well, I'm 48 now. Yeah. Forty nine now. Um, I went away when I was twenty-six. Mm. Um but before that I'd only ever been even even as a young lad at school, I was sort of always a big lump, getting into fights and mm. sort of like a fuggy sort of lad, you know, I weren't a sort of complete write-off. But I'd I'd always ever be a doorman, you know, in clubs or looking after mm. people like doing a bit of bodyguarding for sort of, you know, like it was comedians and that at the time, you know. Um, doing that sort of thing, I, I never really, and I've, I've looked back now. Now I've got children, um, and my children are nothing like I was, nothing at all. Um, but I never had a passion for anything when I was a kid. Mm. I just it's was always I was just floating through my childhood, you know, yeah. from you know uh, playing out, messing about, and it, I never really stopped doing that right the way up until I went to prison. Mm. I didn't, there was nothing I was passionate about, and I look back now and I, yeah, people talk about being into comics, like adults talk about being into comics or being into films, being into football, Yeah, and I never had any of that mm. until I fell in love with art, you know, and then I sort of took yeah. it on a bit then. And, yeah, I wish I would have had that same passion in other fields, you know.
0: Yeah, I, I ask just because I, 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 I place such a value in that, in any time of life. Um, just as someone who's grown up in, in West Yorkshire we're in a, quite a working class town, you would see all different kinds of lads in it. And, and the, it doesn't matter what the context, like you said, comics, sport, art, whatever it is, that's kind of irrelevant. It's about that finding somewhere to channel the excess energy yeah. that every single one of us has as and, young people. And what,
1: what I find hard, now I look at it, I sort of look at it, I sort of... I look at the wider picture as, as, than what I used to. A hard thing in the UK as well is public perception of people who have been to prison. Mm-hmm. Because if... I've only experienced it a couple of times when I'm in, in the art world, when, um, you know, I might be selling something, and they go, oh, yeah. oh I've had a gallery say I'd like to put that on. I'd like to put that on, that, that what you've just done. I'd like to show that. And I go, oh, brilliant. I was all excited. I was talking to Ray Richardson on the phone about it, funnily enough. When it, when it happened, I just happened to be speaking to Ray just after. And, uh, yeah, they said they're, they're going to show this piece I was doing, this project. And then I said to them, um, you know, would you look at these other pieces? And they said, oh, we don't really like the prison thing. Uh, it, it don't really sort of sit with, with our gallery. Mm. And then I went, well, bollocks you then, I don't want to show you. And they're going, oh, no, don't be silly. Still sh-. I say, no, it's I'm about, about me being a... That's what's beautiful. Yeah, about that's where I've, I've, yeah. where I've come from, you know, I've clean cleaned... cleaned I, I try not to jump on that that I've cleaned myself up, turned my life around, because it's my art's not about me or prison, it's you know it's, it's about the, the the empathy that that would really help people in that position, you know? Yeah. Um and then I, I sort of I said mm-hmm. no, I don't want to show it. And then I spoke to to Ray and he said, Well you should have still took it and it could have opened other doors. But that's just the old me coming out. Mm. Um and the sort of naïve me where I would just go, well, if you don't like me, fuck mm. off, you know. Yeah. But at the same time,
0: I think that's your life and your experiences and your journey. And, and actually, when you've put a positive spin on that now that you've found a, a vehicle like that, yeah. it's suddenly you've got a place where you can you can open all that up. You can get it all out of your head. You can get it into whatever medium you yeah. decide to work with. But it's, it's funny because thing.
1: although the public, the public, you know, they hear that, you know, they're getting a Christmas dinner in jail. Um, and they don't like that because the menu comes up nearly every year in one of the 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 red top papers Um, you know people moan about the Xbox and prison's going through a bad thing at the moment and I'm not condoning anyone who's in there but they're all just people who've got on the wrong path and some of them want to get off that path and if no one's giving them that little bit of help to get off of there and then it's not until you go you know people go Stephen Fry he's a lovely bloke and everyone is Stephen Fry's British institution. And you go, Do you know he's done a bit of both for, for fraud? You know, he's, he's been in jail himself. Mm. And they go, oh, Yeah, but it's Stephen Fry, you can excuse him. You know, then ask, it took me to a place where I'd end up finding that getting a list of entertainers, not so much footballers because I found there was quite a few footballers being in for drink driving, you know, that sort of thing. But where it was entertainers and people go, oh, Yeah, we love him, and Nana'd go, mm. Yeah, we like him. When you say they're a criminal, they sort of justify them. But if it's a sort of, you know, young lad from down the road here in Woolwich, they don't justify that lad. You know, he's bad to the bone. But, yeah. you know, um, Stephen Fry isn't. You know, he's, he's a, he's a yeah. lovely man, you know.
0: It should always be about why and, and what but the motivations uh, you know, that, that, have, that have led to that decision yeah. or the circumstances, because everyone starts with a different position in life, different background. Yeah. If you've got a bad, you know, a bad opening hand then the chances are that might happen and that's why these things I think are crucial sport and art and channels for yeah. energy. so because the amount of people and our friends that do youth work who work with disadvantaged kids yeah. and they'll come in with that attitude that you just described in prison the kind of oh, what, do they, what can they tell me type of negative you know the barriers are up but the minute you show them let's say a really basic thing of how to make a CD sleeve in Photoshop for yeah. example they're like, the lights are on yeah. and all of a sudden because it's so that energy that's been maybe applied to whatever it is, yeah. whether it's drug dealing or whether it's brick, you know, whatever it is, yeah. that doesn't matter. You throw it at something that engages with them as a person yeah. that gives them a voice and wow. Welcome.
1: Well the ones I do when I go into jail, they're just these posterized, um pictures of, um, of a, uh, mainly it'd be a singer, probably a rapper, you know, mm. something that they can relate to but I'd go in there with a posterised drawing so I'd, Sort of just put it in the Photoshop, posterise it, draw around it, um, like you know, project it, draw around it, and take half a dozen um, you know black to white tones, uh, grey painting in with me, and I just is it to them it looks like a relief map hmm. when in reality all it is is a a, a paint by numbers with six six different colours. They don't see it like that. They see this canvas, you know. That's sort of like, I don't know, sort of like a metre square, for instance, then they start sort of like looking at the, the, the um, I, what I do, I'll, I'll get the, the portrait and then I'll, I'll section it off so that each one's got a sort of abstract section that they're painting. And they'd be painting that, just numbers one to six. Mm. And then when it starts to come together, they go like, fucking yeah. always biggie smalls. And then as they're painting it, again, oh, look what we're doing. And you can feel it. And it's, We know it's a simple painting to them. They've just made this really realistic painting between what they see as half a dozen idiots, you know, what what they see themselves as. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as you give them this little boost, they go, oh, look what we've done. They don't see themselves like that anymore because there's, you know, very low self-esteem in there. It just pushes them up a little notch. They can see that they can do something. They don't know how they've done it, but they've got a person like me who was in there who's just showing them how to do this and then you go if I can, if I can do that that's that's what it leads to they go if mm. I can do that maybe I can make that yeah. CD cover that, that yeah. you were just on about and well it's
0: that rush of producing something from nothing and maybe that's the first time some of these people have, have yeah. felt that yeah
1: because yeah. yeah. before they've only put their and I know this from experience you put all that energy into the wrong thing you go I mean I've never done any street robberies but you go well the quickest way to nick someone's purse is just to run past and snatch it and then someone goes well even easier than that you can do this do that so you learn the bad things you you know they put a lot of effort and energy into learning the wrong things yeah but when there's something that needs just a little bit more work they sort of push it away why try to learn that when you can Um, go and do you know go and do that but yeah there's lots of lots of um lots of talent in there Well, there are.
0: I mean, you mentioned even with like the fake clothing stuff, there's still, I'm guessing there's a lot of entrepreneurial skills that you showed, albeit in the bad, maybe a bad thing, but it's still, there are still energies and skills and insights that you could, uh, you know, apply to something else. And no
1: one would have it that I was 100% into art. They was all expecting me to get out and then these forgeries would start appearing a few years later, you know, Yeah, yeah. yeah, no
0: one would have it. And now right. is it something that sort of characterises you in their eyes? Do they know you follow your
1: eyes? They absolutely... I'm, I bumped into a guy um, during... you know, when they had the night walk, the art night um, a yeah. few weeks ago? I was walking around on that and I just walked past one of like, my old mates when I was in there and I hadn't seen him for years. I went, Nick, Nick, he's turned around and he went, oh Gary, how are you? And I was with you know, a friend who's an artist. Yeah. And uh, he said, You still doing the art? I said, Yeah, he went, Oh, it's brilliant. And he turned around to him. he had his girls with him, who was about fourteen or so, fifteen. He went, This is that guy I told you, he had all these artists writing to him, and, and he was going, Oh, I'm really pleased you're still into it. And, yeah. and he was really excited that I'm on the straight and or more that I'm on the straight and narrow. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that, that little thing that Eno had sort of clicked with me and yeah. turned me around. You know, he was going, Oh, have you made it as an artist? No, I've not made it, but it's changed my life you know and it's going oh brilliant and let me have your website and let me do this yeah, yeah it's great
0: yeah well it, it does it's, it's just that thing of when someone you know and you you know is a decent
1: person see them doing something positive like yeah. that's it, a great feeling you know yeah well see mine was I would do because I had my my identity I mean I, I didn't see it as this at the time but my identity was changed against my will you know I was alright all I was a ducker and diver and I'll ...probably may have ended up in prison at some point... ...but that would have been my doing... ...because this was someone else's doing... ...because someone else had planted these drugs on me... ...or give these give these drugs to me without my knowing... ...that's the bit that has always hurt... ...I, I do felt like i had been... ...had over... ...my own fault... ...I've never complained about it, you know... ...I've, I've never tried to play the victim... ...because, mm. you know, if I weren't ducking and diving... ...it wouldn't have happened, you know... ...if I didn't put myself on that ladder... ...but... I've I've gone off on such a t- such a tangent. No, I, I was going. Oh, yeah. It's, and that's why I deal a lot with identity, and trying to sort out identity within my art. Talking about me personally, I know that that, that sort of wouldn't appeal to a lot of people because although I'm an am a ex prisoner um, who's turned his life around, become an artist. It's, it's a good story anyway it doesn't really... The, the, the public sort of... That, that's not a good enough story, you know? It's, no one really cares too much about uh, an ex-con. So I try to use identity in another another format, you know? Mm. Um, yeah, I, I don't... Or What I'm trying to say is none of my art goes back directly to prison. You know, you wouldn't think that's to do with yeah. prison. So I just use the elements within it. Yeah. And, um, yeah... Just produce work that way. I so saw that. I saw the one with the shoes. What was the name of the project? So oh, that was walk a mile. Yes. That's, yeah, that's that's the one that people wanted to show. Mm. Um, and yeah, again, that was to do with that. That was sort of multi-layered, really. It was a lot to do with just listening to people. Because while I was in there, although I sort of mess about, laugh and joke a lot, and you know, in there, there's a lot of gallows humour. Everyone takes a piss out of everyone. As soon as a little bit of depression, everyone gets depressed in there. They deal with it their own way. Some people, they just don't deal with it or can't deal with it or it gets the better of them, you know. And it starts to, once, once that depression gets in you, it's, it's, like a, it's like a cancer, you know, it sort of eats away. And you see people, and a lot of the guys will go around that fella when they notice it, and go, oh, come on, and try and sort of help pull him out. But when it gets to a certain point, mm. it's as if depression's contagious in there and people just sort of back away. But I would, people would always, for whatever reason, they'd always come up and chat to me. You know, if, if my cell door's open, I might be in there reading or drawing or something and they'd they come up and start talking to me. And I know, I know that they're trying to tell me something without saying it. So i come in I put the book down you know, and just sort of have a chat with them. A lot of the time, people just want to get something off their chest. And there's a, you know, there's a couple of guys who've come and spoke to me. Um, and then like a couple of days later, you see them coming out in a body bag or maybe mm-hmm. even attempted suicide. And all they want is just that little bit of, of someone to listen, you know. So that walk a mile was based on the proverb, never judge a man until you walk a mile in their shoes. Which, again, sort of, it all directly comes back to me. But the the essence of, the, of that project was that someone would... I put call out on Twitter for people to send me a letter which told of a wrongdoing they'd done in the past. Um, that they sort of not really told anyone. Else, that bit of baggage they're walking around with that they've carried for a long time and send me a pair of their shoes. And then the idea was that they would just write the letter out and send it to me, and that's sort of like airing the problem, you know, like problem aired is a problem shared, or the other way around. Mm-hmm. Um, and which is what I used to tell guys in there, you know, write a, if, when you've got problems, just write it down. You don't have to yeah. send it to the person, but just write it down. It gets it out, your it gets it out of you, you know. Was my logic, so I wanted to use the same logic out here, and it was just after a mate of mine from in there committed suicide, which is where it came from. So again. I know I keep mentioning but I was on the phone with Ray when I come up with the idea, and, uh, and I, I was at work one Saturday afternoon. And I'm telling him about the idea, and I'd, I'd already put it online, um, and I weren't sure about it. And there's a few people I phoned, and I've got like an issue with uh, a new idea. Mm-hmm. I like run it through, run it through a few people. Yeah, um, yeah Ray being one of them, um, and I put it up online you know, has anyone got a story and a pair of shoes? And I'll, anyway, I'm talking to Ray, and someone else, as I'm talking to him, talking about the idea, someone's pinned up on Twitter, I'll give you a pair of shoes, I'll send you a pair of boots. So I said to Ray, someone's just just done it, you know, as I'm talking. And it was a guy called Horace. And uh, so as I'm talking to Ray, I'm sort of looking at what Horace has done, and it turned out to be Horace Panker out the specials, oh. who's also an artist. Yeah. So I went to my fucking hell, it's Horace Panker out the specials. <laughs> so I'll call you back, you know. <laughs> anyway, now, so I got a little thing with him. And he said, yeah, I'll, I'll send you a pair of boots and a story. So he said, that, that, it turns out they weren't the first ones, he was the first one to offer, but they turned up like fifth. But then a pair of shoes would turn up um, with a story. And... I'd got it in my mind that I didn't want to read... I didn't know any stories to turn up with shoes. You know, it's a lot to ask people to go and spend a fiver and an old pair of shoes to put them in the post with a letter. It's a lot to ask someone, so I was only expecting, hopefully, some. You know, I, I didn't know how many. But I had, like, um, one pair turned up, a pair of trainers, uh, then a pair of boots. And I'd get... I said to my other half, before, before I'd even done it, I said, when I get the letters, I don't even want to have any um, indication of what that person might be like from their handwriting because you know if it's scruffy handwriting you may think something about that like, have a preconceived judgement of that person mm-hmm. so when they turned up she would just type them all out all in the same font so it was just all I'd go by is the shoes that I'm given Perfect. so I'd get the shoes I'd put them on outside my house and I had three different ways to walk in these shoes. Um, three different directions, um, depending on the time of the day, what you know, what day it was, because yeah. I live on a cancer state, walking through there in a pair of women's eye heels, you're going to get yourself, it's going to go a bit wonky, you know, um, but I had these three different, I, I bought a little wheel, you know, with a, um, a mile long, or whatever it would be called, where I work out half a mile, so I walk half a mile and walk home, so yeah, so I walk a mile in this person's shoes, take them off, ...and then sit and read their story. And then I was going to cast them in, in plaster... ...like, the you know, cast uh, the void inside... ...use the shoes and mould, you know. Um, and then I, I've never liked performance... ...and I started seeing this as a little bit of performance. And then it came to a point where the finished product... ...I wasn't too bothered about. It was therapeutic for me to think I might be helping someone thinking that, you know, they was getting something off their chest. And some of the stories that I was getting, some were just like little humorous things up, you know, I, I sort of done, you know, knocked a cup of tea over on my dad's car or something, you know, or spilt me in my dad's car and blamed my brother, you know, that sort of thing. There was some where they were quite, not harrowing, but you know that this person had been carrying this around right. for a long time. Um, and, you know, it'd be like four or five pages. Um, and I thought, yeah, it's a good thing I'm doing. But I was sort of getting up to 10. Um, then it went 15. And I thought, well, I'll stop. I'm going away for a fortnight. I'll stop it when it gets up to sort of like 20, you know. Then I went away for a fortnight on holiday. Come back, there was another half a dozen or you know, 15 or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's, that's where that went. Cool. I stopped it at 97, 93. Mm. I've still got seven to do. Um, but yeah, I was just getting all these letters and the shoes turned out, I had cupboard full of shoes. Not a pretty smell. But um, <laughs> yeah, and then I was just walking a mile in people's shoes. Yeah. And then a few years later, um there's a have you heard of the Empathy Museum? Oh. It was um it was a sort of it isn't a, a physical museum, it's just a a thing online and they do projects to do with empathy. And I had a guy had recorded my story. Um, for a, um, a guy called Rob Eagle who recorded a story um, for a project he was doing for the World Service. Um, and then he contacted me again He said, they're doing a, there's this thing called the Empathy Museum just starting up. They're getting people to record, asking people for a pair of shoes and they're recording their story. And uh, he said, you know, it's going along the lines of what you was doing a couple of years ago. And I thought, oh, maybe they've seen it online or, you know, just thinking all these sort of, and I thought, I don't, uh, uh, yeah. It's never judge a man till you walk a mile in their shoes. And if you're to do with empathy, that's about as a, as an empathetical um, proverb as you can get, you know. Yeah. So I doubt they did look at mine. It's just it's as literal as mine was, you know. Mm. Um, but he said, "Would you want to get involved with it?" So a few people going, oh, "I don't have anything to do with that," you know. And I thought, well, you know, my I, my work is is based around empathy it's a you know it's the empathy museum you know it's, it's ideal yeah so I was part of that and I've been part of them ever since really and uh, a yeah, f- f- couple of other different projects they've done yeah so you know I, I weren't it, it didn't bother me at all it was just the same proverb it was not my proverb I come up with mm-hmm. and I was just using some well yeah systems. I
0: think it's a great concept it's a great idea I do I've done quite a bit of work myself with calm you know calm yeah, right? yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. in talks with him at the moment oh yeah that's cool. They're, they're great. I've done that. I did a, I did a whole campaign of my own back a few years back, just with a few other creatives, all based around the uh, benefits of artistic expression, so yeah. as you just said, everything you know. But just sharing things, and it doesn't matter what the vehicle, whether it's music, comedy, yeah. whatever. They, these are just great avenues to to whether it's to practice it and to do it, even if it's just as a distraction, is one thing. But also to have that belonging with other people who are into that, you know, yeah. just to have just to be a part of some some society. I think it's really important for people. Well,
1: like- I. I approached them about another project mm. and it was to do with suicide based on, on like, uh, a friend. And uh, they said they didn't want, they, the, the project weren't for them because it dealt with suicide, whereas they want to deal with people before they get to that point, you know? Right, okay. you know, pull people back from that, whereas mine was going beyond that point, you know. So that, that, you know, sort of fell flat the day I met them. And they said, you know, what other stuff have you done? And I was telling them about this and that. And I mentioned the, the, like, the Walker Mile project. And they said, that's that's the one we want to get involved with. Mm. So I've got a few other projects on the go at the moment. I won't bring that back until the time's right. You know, i, I purposely put it to one side because I knew it had legs. <laughs> I knew it had legs. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> I knew it was a good project. You know, I'm, I'm quite self-critical, but I knew that this was a, yeah. a good and, you know, so I... I purposely put it on the back burner until the time was right. I didn't want to finish it, mm-hmm. put it away, and it may not come out again. You know what I mean? So yeah. I purposely left it unresolved, mm-hmm. um, and it may well be with, with those guys. I'm I'm hoping it is when it when it comes back about. Brilliant. Yeah,
0: I think it's funny. yeah. I think it'd be a natural link up, just given what all, you know, everything thing they're doing. Yeah. Now, what you said. How
1: do your family feel about your art? Are they into Are they into the fact that you're into it? Um, they're not into art at all. You know, I've got a cousin and a niece who are a bit arty. Everyone sort of I'll, I'll tell them what I'm doing, and they go, "Oh, that's brilliant! That's brilliant!" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a clue what I'm, I'm on about. You know, <laughs> it's always the world. No, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, most of the stuff I do is conceptual. So, yeah. you know, if if I was showing them something on on a canvas, they go, "Oh, that's lovely," mm. you know. And, that's that's nice you know what you've painted there yeah um but my artwork isn't that and i'll sit down and i tell them and they go oh that's great that's great and yeah yeah you know, they're behind me you yeah. know And but on the flip side that, to that pack one go you're a fucking lunatic that's <laughs> how <laughs> you know, so i'm walking a mile in this woman's shoes through <laughs> the estate and they yeah. go you're doing what You're gonna get yourself cut walking through there yeah
0: It'd be interesting to see how you presenting that idea to your younger self. Yeah, what, exactly. What, what That's exactly down. what it is.
1: Exactly <laughs> what it is. See, I walked past... Uh, I walk past... There was these three lads. Uh, on a rainy day, I thought I'd be safe on a rainy day, I went out with a pair of shoes and I gaffer tape them to my feet if they're too small, right? <laughs> so I'm a big man walking along with a pair of size five tape to my feet. I walk through and there's this bin shed. I can smell the cannabis as I'm getting in. I've got a long path... <laughs> Pathway that leads to a lake. It's all open, I can smell the cannabis, I'm going, oh, for fuck's sake. And this, first of all, I walk in the shoes, that's that's the thing. Then, after I've walked a mile, that's when I read it. I've walked past these three lads, and one of them went, yeah, look at him, hey, what are you doing with them fucking shoes? Yeah. And I went, and how can I say it's a conceptual art piece to these three lads, you know? Yeah. So I just go, look, mate, it's a, I'm an artist, it's an artwork, and again, artwork, you've got shoes taped to your feet. Yeah. <laughs> and you can't justify it. When you take no. it out of artistic context and put it into theirs, you're a lunatic. <laughs> They're right and I'm wrong. But one of them, he was going, and they was all talking, uh, oh, I was going to try and do it, I can't even do it. But they was like, all talking like that to me, and, which <laughs> makes me laugh anyway. But um, one of them went, I've got some shoes you can have. Or I've got a store, no, he said, I've got a story you can have. And then the other two have turned on him, like, sort of taking the piss away, he's going, no, no, I'm only joking, I'm, only joking. I'm winding him up. And I went, well, I'll tell you what, I live in them flats over there, number six. I said, you put a, I said, no, I didn't direct it to him, I went, any use for it, I've got a good story and a pair of shoes, if you've got the arsehole to do it, like, yeah, doing it like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, go and put the story through my letterbox, over there, number six, my name's Gary. So I walk along and they're whistling and you know like taking the piss <laughs> as I am walking along and then the thing is I've got half a mile I've got to walk past them again now you know no, what I mean no, on no the yeah. so again I'm walking back and they're sort of whistling at me and on the phone with their <laughs> mates saying, <laughs> I see this fat bloke walking along with his shoes tied to his feet but a few weeks later well a few weeks a few days later I get a thing through my door really yeah from him yeah, fantastic. and one of the neighbours had taken in a pair of football boots and a carrier bag brilliant Absolutely. And the, the thing is, we had, we got West Ham training ground near us, the youth training ground, just yeah. where I live in Chevrolet, where it was. And it turned out this lad, he'd be up watching, uh, on, on the bank, you, you can go up on the bank to the, to the pitch, and he'd, he'd go there, just watch the lads playing football. And uh, then one time, one of the coaches has come up, just to start up conversation with him, mm. and he's saying, oh, I can do better than him, I can do better than him. And he said, well, go and get yourself a pair of boots and prove it then. He's gone over there. This is the story he's told me. You know, I'm only going by what he's told me. Yeah. So he's gone over to the football... It's he, said in there that one of his... The boyfriend his mum was with at the time got in this pair of football boots or give him an old pair of boots and they was crap when mum's boyfriend had them years ago, you know. Mm-hmm. He's gone over there. you they was taking the piss out of him for having these football boots on. But he played a blinder when he was over there and the coach had come back. And when he's as he's walking out a couple of lads were taking the piss out of him he's clumped one and then it all went sort of up in the air from there Mm. so he's ruined his own right? you know what I mean and and that was the that was the story you know he could have got something but because he couldn't hold down his temper, and people were taking the piss out of him because of these football boots you know they've got their hundred and odd pound boots and he's got a pair of I don't know like 999 goalers or something Yeah. Um, yeah he didn't know how to react and he reacted the wrong way and yeah. messed himself up you know mm,
0: yeah it's a sad one but, but an interesting one as well mm. yeah How, do, as a father how do you feel about um, the need for you know channel, as we've talked about the channels for expression be it spot, access to sport access to youth clubs uh, art whatever it is we all need that as young people how do you feel about Yeah. well um,
1: I didn't do anything when I was a kid I, I sort of went to, um, I went to judo for a little while joined the army cadets but I, I never sort of stayed with anything and I didn't have like you know my dad weren't about so I didn't have anyone sort of directing me mum was bringing up two of us she was going to work you know mm-hmm. Um but I as a, as a, as a father you know I've got, I've got a boy who now is 13 and a girl who's just come up to 11 and I'm constantly because they're always on their bloody phone I take the phone off them don't let them go on. and I don't want to seem like a miserable old git but I know that it's 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 no good for them, you know. So we enrolled them into this club. One of them, like, let's start juggling. I go, right. right, let's go to a juggling club. It turns out there was one local. Go to a juggling club, get, learn to use the unicycle. No good for them whatsoever in life. But when you see a lad on a unicycle, most people will go, I'd like to have a go that. Yeah. I wish I could do that. <laughs> and that's what I was saying to my boy. I said, it's going to do you no good in life, but you're going to be able to do it. Mm. Other people aren't. People will go, oh, that's really cool. Or... You know, where's the other half of your bike? They're going to say, you know, but yeah. and and juggling, you know, it's, yeah. you're not going to be out. It's not going to bring you anything in life, mm. but that little bit of enjoyment to be able to throw three things yeah. up in the air, you know.
0: But it's and it's applying yourself to something as well, isn't it? You know, again, really, mm. it's just that getting better at something, that having a belonging, having a club. Yeah, it? but I
1: think maybe I was being a bit too pushy because I'd go, um, you know, he'd go, oh, look at that bloke playing the guitar. So I go, right, I'll go and get my guitar. Yeah, I'll have a go of that, Try that, And he go, oh no no, I don't like it. all right, try this. Dad, can I go on my Xbox? No, you can't. Wait, <laughs> do this, do yeah. this. And then, after I've got him, like, my mate's guitar, he said, no, he couldn't get to grips with it. Then he came come back, like, maybe six months later, where he's done it in music, and I'm, because I don't know how to play the guitar, mm. you know, and I haven't got the time to go, oh, I'll learn it with you. You know, I, I just haven't got the time for that, you know, with, with everything else. I said, like, you know, you always going on YouTube, learn to play it on YouTube. Yeah. Then you can hear him, he couldn't get down of it. But then he'd gone to school, it had music, it had an inspirational teacher, which is, you know, what he was saying. Can I ask my mate if, if he can borrow the guitar again? Mm. Then that's it, you know, and now nice. he sits up there and he's learning to play these, you know, these little, I, I don't know if they're chords or tunes, Yeah. Yeah. but you can hear him up in the bedroom sort of having a go at it and then yeah. when he gets it wrong, he's having a go at it again, you know, which is something that I wouldn't have done when I was a kid. I would have yeah. done I can't do that, too much bother. Yeah
0: well exactly it's all different personalities isn't it I'm, I'm writing a lot about this stuff at the minute about all these different art forms it's not even just art but there's just some things work for some people some don't for others yeah. but I just think it's vitally important that we have access to human beings it's it's not easy life's not easy sometimes and you need Channels to get things out of your mind, and whether it's down on paper yeah. or through a game, sport, whatever. there's nothing,
1: know. there's nothing on the estate for for the for the game. There was nothing. When I was a kid, really. This is what I mean. I think it's, I think it's criminal personally. I just, and I think the the government's
0: missed the point. That they, they don't, they put the money in the wrong areas. And yeah. They're too busy gentrifying areas, coffee shops. Yeah. Yeah. Up. And it's like if you just put some space to play down, basic tennis courts, yeah. sports areas, whatever, youth clubs, so they can go and learn to draw. I mean, yeah, they've done that around right now And
1: then they're going to shut the park at nine o'clock.
0: You know, yeah. they can't go in now. And exactly, and then wonder why kids yeah. end up getting up to no good down the streets. I would say, if I had a lot of excess energy as a kid, and I quite creative mind, then if that had been put in the wrong direction, so I could have been around for Yeah, No doubt about that.
1: See, but, but my daughter's yeah. not like that. My daughter, she would be... She'd go and watch YouTube for these like the girls doing the craft things, you know, and making sludge or making nail varnish or mm. you know doing whatever they're doing. And she'd come there, she'd go, look what I've done. And she... I never got her to do that, yeah. she sort of motivated herself to do it, whereas my boy, he wants to be on Xbox with yeah. his mates, yeah. and I didn't have that as a kid, so I, I've got that disconnect there, like you know, I know adults who go on the Xbox, and I can't get my head around, and I know that loads of adults do, and it's me who's missing out, <laughs> it's me who should be doing it every now and then as well, but because I didn't have it, and I didn't go through that as a, a young adult. You know, I've got Mike's ex- nose sitting on the... I was on the Xbox for three hours last night. I go like, why the fucking hell was just doing that? I can't get... But they, it's me who's wrong. I know that I'm wrong in that way of thinking. It's balanced, though. I mean, I, I, had, a,
0: I had them growing up as kids, but I was I was generally allowed about an hour at once. That was it. And if it was sunny, forget about it. You know, yeah. playing football or with your mates or whatever. And I, I thank them so much for that because... You know, I was always knocking about climbing or whatever, just just
1: out and about playing. But you just you learn just to exist. Oh, introduced it? my kids to curbside. Did you do curbside? Yeah. <laughs> right, I introduced my kids to Cur- I, I went, look, go out. Oh, because I was going to my boy, get off of that Xbox, go and climb a tree, go <laughs> and do something, go and annoy someone. That's what boys do. Yeah. Um Yeah, I, I don't want him to be. I was saying that flippantly, you know. But of course, yeah. I go. I say, look, go out there. him and his sister. I said, got me into juggling. They were bickering all the time because she's in her room doing her thing. He's in his room doing their thing, his thing. The only time they're together is at the dinner table and they're bickering. Mm. So I said, right, you teach her, him how to juggle. She teaches you how to juggle. Mm. Um, and then that, that's, that calmed them down a little bit. They were sort of helping each other. And I said, go out and play curbsy. And they said, what's curbsy? You know, we hit the ball on the curb. You want us to hit a ball on a curb? I said, look, you get over there. You stay here. You throw the ball at the curb. Why don't we got ball with curve? I said, because if you get it, you get a point. If it comes back, you get two points. But that's stupid. I can't get him in. They're playing Curbsy all the time. Oh, they're yeah. getting their mates to play Curbsy. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm so proud. You know what I mean? I love that. He yeah. might as well have just come out of university. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going, that's my boy playing
0: Curbsy. <laughs> that's tremendous. I love that though.
1: <laughs> but they're getting into the, the, not getting into art, but like, where i where I'd, I'd, I'd done a show last year, um, called Face Value, and that was to do with about the changing of identity. So I'd say to them that they, they knew, like, they, you know, they met Ray, they met a, you know, a few artist friends of mine. Because they're not into art, it means nothing to them, it's just like a, another person, you know. Mm-hmm. When I started putting this show together, and I had some the artists who wrote to me from prison involved in it, They're looking up and then they're seeing them on telly. And because they're recognising the people and the names, they're looking on YouTube and that sort of thing. Um, Yeah, they was getting into... They thought I was some sort of famous artist that they didn't know about because I know these people who, who, when they put their name into Google, for instance, you know, if you put G-A-V for Gavin Turk, he comes up first of all, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Or maybe after Gavin and Stacey or something, I don't know, but... When they see him coming up, that's how they rate people. You know, if they come up first in Google, mm. they're famous, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when they started seeing these, these different names, they was going, oh, then they was getting into it that way, which, yeah. is, which is what I liked. <laughs> oh, that's, that's really, really cool. And you
0: mentioned the juggling, actually. I have a good friend who was doing, was, he started messing about with it at uni and he's ended up, he does it full time now, does all sorts of performances like, you know, all over the country and he's done like, he was part of the Olympic torch team and all that. Super. So you know, there you go. <laughs> So, what's going on? What's coming up? Have you got you working on another show?
1: Yeah, well, as I say, I, I, I came up with the idea last year of um, I was looking at identity, and, and as I said earlier, if I was looking at the changing of identity, people's having their identity changed. How I said, my I felt my identity was changed when I got put in prison, but as I say, no, no one really. It's not a juicy enough story saying me standing on a soapbox saying I'm an ex-prisoner, mm. you know, someone's wronged me and it's, it's a story that it doesn't sort of capture. So I was trying to think of another way to capture the changing of identity and, oh, this is quite a good plug actually. But I was I was doing a piece of work, um, a pro- I was trying to get another project off the ground and I met, do you know Michael K. Williams?
0: Another
1: name. He was in Boardwalk Empire and The Wire. Oh, um, um, actor with a big scar across his face Mm. Um, I thought it was makeup. it turns out it's a real scar but I was looking at the change of identity with scars and how if you see a man with a scar walking towards you in the street for instance, you go, oh he looks a bit dodgy Mm. you see a woman walk towards you with that same scar, you go, oh look at her you know, it needs that sort of you give them a piece of empathy Mm. but you're a bit worried about the guy and the guy, like Michael K. Williams he was, um, he was a dancer for Crystal Waters. He was a, a choreographer. And just on, I hit him up on Twitter. And I said, no, I'm doing a project with scars. Would you? Uh, could I use your image? Which how I was going about it. He came back to me. Yeah, what, you, what is it you're doing? So all of a sudden I've got this sort of Hollywood actor oh. asking him what I'm doing. I, I threw the concept back at him. And he went, yeah, I'm in. What have I got to do? And I thought, well, I only wanted you... I only wanted a sort of... If he was ever in the UK or... You know, I know a few people in America. I could get someone to get a photo... You know, take a picture on my behalf, you Mm. know. And he said, I'm in the UK in the spring. Let's meet up and we can get this off the ground.
0: Fantastic.
1: So, anyway, I met up with him. um, And we was talking about the scars. You know, he was saying about... You know, he's a black man from America with a lot of swagger walking Mm. through the streets of Kensington where he said... He said, it's like he's walking, you know, like Moses. People parting out the way when they see him walking down the street because of his scar. Yeah. And he's saying, like, I don't get into fights, I'm not aggressive. You know, and then I was, I was saying about um, the, the juxtaposition with the, the, the women with scars, you know, and how you'd look at a woman with a scar and go, oh, you know, poor thing, sort of. No, that's sounded quite patronising, but, no, but you'd look at them with empathy. Do, you do, yeah. Yeah, okay. whereas you'd be a bit afraid of a, 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 of a guy, possibly. Um, and then I said to him about um, I said, there, "There's a girl," and I mentioned Katie Piper, and I he, he hadn't heard of her, but I, you know I pulled her up on my phone, and you know said about how she was attacked with acid, and you know that's about as big a, am oh, playing it down a bit, but a big an insult to a woman is getting rid of her visual identity, you know, mm-hmm. um, and that's what we were talking about, and the project I come to him with that sort of went out the window a bit and we were both talking about this change of identity within a person. And I was saying about using an artwork as a metaphor for a person. And I said like, as we were sitting in the cafe in Kensington, I'm saying like, you know, if my artwork, I said, you know, I might be selling a painting for say £500. If I damage it, is it a, should it be worth any less? You know, yeah. because it's damaged. As a, as a metaphor for the person. And then I was thinking, more well, like, my artwork hasn't really... I'm, I'm not a famous artist, you know, I, I sell a few bits and pieces, but I'm not famous by any means. If I use someone else's artwork and I damage, and it was damaged by another artist, would it be seen as a sort of, a, like a brush mark, an intentional mark on the paper, or would it be seen as damage? And that's what I started playing with, the changing of identity in, in that respect. So, again... Hit on the mate Lee, hit on Ray, and he like, Ray said, "I'll be in if if you yeah I'll give you something." Mm. Um, so then I sort of I hit on a couple of other people, just throwing it out. Sarah Lucas was one, um, and Gavin Turk. Both of them come. Sarah she came back. She went, "I love it. I'm in. I'll make you something." It's a
0: great concept, yeah.
1: And uh, and then I see Gavin, and uh, he went. Yeah, I'll give you something. Then I've got the confidence to just ask other artists and to say I've got like Ray Gavin and Sarah on board. Mm-hmm. You know, then other people go, Oh yeah, I'll be in it. And and I'm saying, look, you do realise I'm going to be damaging your work or, or manipulating it in some way. And yeah, they was all up for it, and that's what I've done. I sort of damage it in within context of their of their artwork, you know. And that one. That show finished last year. Uh, again, and I, I got in touch with the um, Katie Piper Foundation. Told them what I was doing. Um, and it sort of run parallel with their Efos as well. So we'd done it in aid of the, the Katie Piper Foundation. Fantastic. I had a show at the West End. Um, it went excellent. I mean, I've never put a show together. I've never curated a show. Mm. You know, It was hard for me to find um, the confidence as an artist, you know. Like walking walking into the art world to sort of change that slightly and be a curator, um, yeah, I was really going into to realms that i didn 't know um, and loved it so much the artists loved handing their artwork over, yeah a, a lot of them didn 't sort of didn 't even know what I was handing it over, you know, but they want, they know they wanted to and mm. wanted to see the
0: outcome Don't of the concept, yeah.
1: yeah, so once that one was over last year um yeah as i say we had um like the the gang of bikers come in and, and smash some artwork up on the on the private view for us um <laughs> i had marcus Harvey's a uh, uh, myra yeah I'd, uh, I'd i'd put a, a fork through it a, a garden a pitchfork and left it in the field for a few hours you know with i had another artwork shot i'd like i was saying I'd, you know had a, 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 a champion boxer work out on a canvas um, yeah I was doing all sorts and mm. yeah, it went so well the artists asked if I'd do it again they'll yeah. donate another and then brilliant yeah get it, me, it doing again. a second one
0: yeah when's that, when's
1: that coming up? November um, November the 21st at the Strand Gallery um, again I had, I had sort of like maybe eight artists say I'll, I'll donate again you know, love the idea, want to be part of it again if I can come up with another concept. So I just sort of elaborated the concept. Um, again, this one's to do with the changing of identity, but this one's more to do with the influence that one person can have on another, like the influence of the guys that... It, it boils down to me. The influence that guy had me trusting him, putting myself in his hands, going away, you know, and, and it my... You know, it was disastrous to my life. Or, depending on what way you look at it, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Um so now I'm getting art artists to give me a donate me an artwork. I've got at the moment I've got twenty-two donators and twenty-two manipulators. So one artist is blindly giving me their artwork and I'm handing that to another artist, and that artist is using it as a not a found object, but they're carrying on the story. You know, like, the first artist has has got their story to their limit, you know, to their end, to their final destination. Then they're handing it out to this other artist who's giving it a whole new story. You know, they're putting their stamp on yeah. it. And when the artists have asked, are asking me, how much can I put on there? Or what do you want? And I say, it's, entirely your, it's your influence. You can be a good influence, bad influence, big influence or a little influence. You know, mm. they can it's entirely up to them. It's, it's, their, it's their collaboration with this other artist via me. So if they choose to sort of whitewash it and start again, that's entirely up to them. You know, it's... it's that's great. It, it's putting a lot on the second artist and it's making the first artist quite vulnerable. Yeah. Um, and it, it's just... One can take it to whatever direction they want to. Mm-hmm. I mean, our money just getting... It's, it's in November so I'm only just getting the artworks in now um, to hand over but yeah again I've got a I've got a a load of artists bearing in mind I, when I look back I know it sounds like I'm putting myself down but you know a few years ago I was sitting in prison and now I've got um, I've got some super artists of, of every rung of the social ladder and of the artistic ladder you know I've got well famous artists, I've got absolutely unknown artists, um, I've even got a guy from off of Death Row in uh, San Quentin, wow. who's donated an artwork, um, just, just by someone else that I know, I just wanted every type of artist, you know, I've got a homeless guy, because um, I, I do a bit with a uh, homeless group as well, I've got a, a student from the university, then I've got Artists who are part-time, artists that are full-time, artists that are, mm. you know, well-known. Then artists that are, again, like Sarah Lucas, yeah, Graham, Jacob Bevis, Chapman, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I, thought, I, know, I definitely want to come down for that. Check out the show. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm a bit. i when I sit back and look, I'm a bit sort of, quite. Oh, I, I try not to say beginning, but I'm quite proud of myself that so you should I've got this this group of artists that I know that the the, the the fame aspect. I try not to go on that really because they've all just as a, they're all just artists who have bought into my concept. Mm. Most of them don't know me. I've just approached them with the concept, and they've gone, "Yeah, I'll be a part of that." And when I've got a homeless guy who's handing me over an artwork. That he could go and sell for I don't know what he'd sell for. Oh, I've not got it off of him yet, but say it's eighty pound, for instance. That's eighty pound to him, is I don't know, ten grand to someone else possibly. You know, yeah. it's, it means more to him, and, and it, it means probably more to me that he's handing over something yeah. for for this concept, and he's giving it to a charity as well. So yeah, that's really commendable.
0: Yeah, I, was, I can't wait to see it. Yeah. yeah, so can I. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you listen to the show, you might know I like, asked a bit of an on the spot question at the end called Shark in the Tank. Yeah. <laughs> so I won't ask you for a love and a hate, or a positive and a negative. It's whatever you want it to be. Loosely themed within creativity.
1: Well, I'd go with the hate. I was trying to think of the hate. And the only thing that I could think that I hate about the art world is the little barriers that they put around sculptures.
0: <laughs>
1: I cannot stand them. And, and and then they put them around the painting as well. So you can't get, when I go into a gallery, I don't just want to stand three feet away from a painting and just look at what someone's done. I want to get up close. I want to see the brush marks. Yeah. I want to see what they've done. I want to go around the side and see that, what they've done around the back. I don't want to pull it off the wall, but I want to have a look at their back. I want to see how it's been hung. What they've done on the back and you've got this poxy little bit of wire that i can't stand especially when the alarm goes off I, yeah <laughs> I, like my mate lee who, who i go to shows with most of the time when he sees me looking he will just walk away because he knows that when them alarms go off i don't give them monkeys i want to i'm looking at that artwork i'm not being a nuisance i'm not i'm not doing it on purpose yeah and if if, if an invigilator comes over even if there's no wire there There was a, a Francis Bacon got shown for the first time in 30 years down Savile Row. In, I can't remember the name of the gallery. It was just a couple of artworks in this small gallery in Savile Row. This Francis Bacon hadn't been shown for 30 years. I went down there. I was the only person in the gallery. I stood in front of this painting, holding back tears for about 45 minutes. I wasn't holding back tears for 45 minutes. I was standing in front of it for 45 minutes. My eyes were welling up. I'm in front of this Francis Bacon. I'm looking man. This security guard would not leave me alone really? for 45 minutes. But oh, so I'm sorry, I'm going off on a tangent. But that well, but I stayed there for another, you know, for another 20 minutes after he got there yeah, yeah, just yeah, yeah. to be a pain. But yeah, them little bits of white keeping you away from sculptures. Um when Awe had his uh, his sunflowers, they weren't letting you on them. Mm. And th- it was intended that you was to go on them. I know that it was a, a health and safety thing, but not being allowed to be around artwork that was made for the public really gets up my nose.
0: I agree with you on that actually, yeah, I never really thought about it, but it's true because it is it does feel intrusive because you do want to you I'm the same, I, I you know well my stuff's quite organic, but it's all about the sort of thing, the detail, yeah. the map making
1: I mean I don't want to ruin you know, I've got respect for it. I don't oh let God, me wrong, I'm not just I don't just want to go along and touch it because I want to and someone's saying me yeah, not to. It's but is. if if there's like oh, I can never remember that There's a piece that was in the Tate Modern for years. I I don't even think it's there now. You could walk through the middle of it. It was like mirrors, and you walk through the middle. Then they put this tape up around it that you can't, or one of the barriers, that you can't walk through it. It was made for you to walk through. And as a viewer, the artist is saying to you, I've made this. When you walk through it, you may experience this. Mm. So now the gallery has decided, for, for probably good reasons... We don't want anyone, everyone walking through it. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a little something inside me. It may be just me being a bit cantankerous or, or a bit mischievous or just being a bit of a tosser, really. But <laughs> I just want, I, I want to be part of what he intended the viewer to be a part of. So I will walk through it. And I'll let the invigilators. say, oh, sorry, I didn't realise. I'll you know, just be a bit silly like that. Or I will stroke a sculpt. You know, if, if it's a big sculpture, it's been, especially if it's been bought from the outside in. Yeah. And then they say you can't touch it. You know, like a decade ago, kids will be climbing over it, you know. And yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I just, that is what I hate. <laughs> yeah. The love, I was trying to think of that as well. Um, and I'd have to go back to Mona tomb, Um And I'd go, have to go specifically to the no way... Like, to to her specific artwork. Because that was the turning point for me Mm. as a person, as an artist. And, yeah, just as as a person, more importantly, because that turned my entire life around. Possibly, as a close second, Marcus Harvey's Myra. Mm. Because that was a... When I had come away from art for a few years, where I worked, there was a massive big wall. And I asked if I could put something on there and I chose to do like a Marcus Harvey's Myra out of handprints. And it turned out to be just a, a big thing It wasn't Myra Hindley. It was just a a, a a portrait, but all out of you know, a couple of thousand handprints. And I'd said to myself, if I can't do that, which is quite, you know, quite technical, then I'm not good enough to be in. I set myself a little challenge. If I pull it off, I'll go back into art. If I don't, I'll just forget it. And yeah, i done it, pulled it off, and then mm. that was it. But probably my love would be Myra Hindley, my hate would be the yeah. little wire barriers.
0: Yeah, brilliant, good answers. <laughs> and now where do people keep up to date with your work?
1: There's GaryMansfield.co.uk is the website. Um, Mizog Art is Twitter and Instagram. And the show I'm putting on is called Face Value KPF. Dot
0: com. Brilliant. Cool. I'll get it on the show. So people can. Uh, Thank you very much. Thanks for your time, Gary. It's brilliant. You're no more than welcome. Thank you so much to Gary for taking the time to come into my studio and share his story, which I'm sure you'll agree is a very powerful one. Um, it just goes to show, you know, the uh, the power of creativity and, and creative expression, uh, artistic expression, and that belonging that we have in the arts and, um, and just the ability to think for ourselves and, and to be individuals and confront you know, our own identity and deal with any issues that we might be having with that. So please do get me your thoughts on the Twitter at ArrestOLimics. Hit me up on Instagram, same handle. Uh, drop us an email, hello at bentalent.com. Um I want to know your thoughts on the whole issue. Uh, I think there's a lot of work to be done in society right now about, you know, the class divide and the overspill from that, and I do fear for people who have no way of, of venting those frustrations or having a voice in any walk of life. I think that's a very dangerous precedent. I know I'd be a very unhappy individual right now if it weren't for my ability to to talk, to to write, to draw, to get these things out there and connect with other like-minded individuals. Um, it's something I've felt passionate about for a lot of years, so, you know, doing doing... Having conversations like this with people like Gary, I find very important, and I absolutely loved it. He was an absolute gentleman, a fantastically talented artist. And curator, and I really think you should go and check out his stuff, and, and keep an eye on what he's up to because it's uh, for me, it's a very positive story, and I'm glad he took the time to come and share it with me. So, looking forward to your thoughts. Thanks again to my sponsors, IllustrationWeb.com at Internet.co.uk, uh, and ongoing support from the Association of Illustrators. So, drop us a little review on the iTunes, please. Always banging that drum, but it does mean a lot. It does help the show a lot. Uh, cheers guys thank you so much for checking in I hope you're good stay creative and chat to you very soon